Hey, 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 everyone. It's Dr. Tamar Beckford with Your Caring Docs. And I want to personally invite you to our first free virtual summit. That's our Empower and Inform Women's Cancer Summit being held on October 25th through the 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have four fantastic speakers, so you do not want to miss this. Register on our website, www.urcaringdocs.com. That's right. That's yourcaringdocs.com. Don't miss out on this wonderful event. All right. Now on to the episode. Hey, 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 everyone. It's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Dogs. Yes, that's where we bring you all this great health and wellness info so that you can feel empowered and you can make some great decisions regarding your health, right? But we have this super special segment that we always bring on. We have the Your Caring Docs, Docs Who Cares, where we have docs from all over the world who are going to drop gems on health and wellness info so that you can feel more empowered. And the best part is, is that they're going to leave their info here. So if you want to be part of their team, or if you would like to be a patient or a client of theirs, you will know where to find them today. We are bringing someone from the California. Hey, yes, Dr. Sharuba Prabhaka. All right, so I'm going to give you a little snit on Dr. Sharuba Prabhaka. All right, let me tell you this, right? So Dr. Prabhaka, she went to the University of Connecticut. So all you Yukon people, yeah, shout out to you. That's right. Okay. Then she did her residency in North Shore University Hospital in Long Island. So all my Long Island people, hello from Long Island. That's you. Yeah, that's where she did her training. And then she did not stop there because of her interest in helping women. She decided to do a fellowship where she went to Maimonides Medical Center and she trained in minimal invasive surgery focusing on fibroids. So do you know who we have here? We have Dr. Prabhakar who was featured in the Essence Festival where she went and she spoke on fibroids. So we have the fibroid doc in the house. Hey, Dr. Prabhakar, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Beckford. This is so great. Yes, 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 yes. So we are going to talk about fibroids. So many of us have it. All righty. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. The first and foremost question a lot of people want to know is, I hear that I have a fibroid. I, you know, they told me when they did the ultrasound, hey, you have a fibroid. I'm like, what is a fibroid? <laughs> you know, come um, on. Tell me. Is a good question. So um, as you said, fibroids are really common. Mm-hmm. Um, a fibroid is a, a, a tumor of the uterus. Um, and when we hear tumor, we think, you know, dangerous. Cancer. I know. Um, but often a fibroid is just a, a benign tumor. It's not a dangerous tumor. It's just a, it's a ball of, of smooth muscle that mm-hmm. grows in the uterus and, you know, it can be sometimes small, sometimes really big. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially it's just that it's a ball of smooth muscle that kind of just develops in the uterus. 
Oh, so when we hear that we have these fibers, a lot of time, um, you know, women are saying that, well, I found out I had the fibroids because I was having all this excessive bleeding. And then they did that. Do all fibroids cause abnormal bleeding? You know, um, so not all fibroids cause abnormal bleeding, but that is actually one of the most common symptoms mm-hmm. of fibroids. And as you said, that's how a lot of women even figure out that, you know, they have a fibroid. They start to bleed heavily and then they go see the doctor. They, you know, do some sort of an ultrasound and then mm-hmm. they find out they have a fibroid. Whether or not a fibroid causes bleeding um, all just depends on where it is in your uterus. So it's all dependent on the location. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if it's inside the cavity of the uterus um, where, you know, for example, a baby forms Mm -hmm. um, where you kind of get your period from, if it's, if it's sort of located right there, that can definitely cause a lot of bleeding. But if it's sitting outside the uterus, like kind of just perched on top of the uterus, Mm -hmm. it may not cause bleeding. So it really depends where it is. Oh, and this also the same that occurs as to why some women have such bad cramps or pain with having fibroids. That's right. Um, again, it depends, you know, where in the uterus it is and also how big it is. Mm. Um, you know, for some people, a fibroid could be one centimeter or a couple of centimeters, like kind of like a golf ball. Um, and in other women, you know, I've seen them as big as a watermelon. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, you can imagine that the bigger it is, the more it's going to cause that pain and cramping and pressure mm-hmm. type feeling. So those are the two most important things, the size and mm-hmm. also where it is. Ah, okay. So that's good to know. Now we do know that women, you know, you're told that, okay, you've had this fibroid, you're having all this bleeding, you're having all these issues. How exactly are fibroids treated? Yeah, so that is an excellent question. So five, there there are many ways to treat fibroids. And Mm -hmm. It all depends on um, a patient or a woman's, um, you know, personal preference and mm-hmm. how much it really impacts her life. You know, mm-hmm. for some people, it's just a little heavy bleeding. Um, for other people, it's, you know, pouring blood every month, can't mm-hmm. go to work, uh, you know, things like that. So it really depends on how it impacts your quality of life. But there are lots of options out there um, from simple medication, just, you know, one pill a day, like a birth control pill, mm-hmm. to injections that you can get, um, IUDs uh, that you can have placed. Um, and then, of course, surgical procedures where you can have these fibroids removed mm-hmm. or scraped off or burned, um, leading all the way up to, you know, a hysterectomy where you remove the whole uterus um, Mm -hmm. and the fibroids with it because it's just so bothersome. So there's a whole range of options um, Mm -hmm. for treatment. So how does one determine which option is best for them? Yeah, so this is where a really good doctor comes into place. Um, It's really important to find a um, gynecologist Um, ideally somebody who specializes in fibroids and who does this work, you know, a lot um, Mm -hmm. to be able to give you good, good treatment options. Um, And I think before you see your gynecologist, you should sort of mentally, you know, as as a patient prepare um, in your mind, okay, how bad are these fibroids? How bad are these symptoms? And what Mm -hmm. am I willing to do to get rid of it? Mm -hmm. I think if you go in with, 
that prepared a little bit, I think that conversation can can go a lot farther. Oh, wonderful. So now I know some people have heard about embolization and there are these around you, you hear some of these commercials, oh, uterine fibroid embolization. That, oh. Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Can you explain? Yeah. yeah, the uterine fibroid embolization is um, another treatment option for those mm-hmm. who don't want to do surgery or don't want to stop at just, you know, taking a medication. But mm-hmm. essentially that procedure is um, where they put a catheter through your groin mm-hmm. and they go right up to the uterine artery and they shoot these little pellets um, into the uterine artery to block off the blood supply Mm. to those fibroids. And so the blood supply to these fibroids get killed off and um, then the fibroid shrinks and, you know, kind of uh, shrivels up, so to speak. And so that's a a way of getting rid of rid of some large fibroids without having to do like, you know, um, more invasive surgery. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So no blood supply, the fibroid shrinks, fibroid dies, and goal is hopefully relief from the discomfort of that fibroid. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. So I know that there are women at times, like you said, you usually have to go into your doctor's um, visit with the mindset of what am I willing to do in order to really get relief from these symptoms. Right. But there are some times when there is a woman that it's in such a, that they're in such bad shape and it might be emergent that, you know, someone might need to have a hysterectomy. So Mm -hmm. based on the, criteria what are some of the criteria that would go in your mind as a doctor for an emergent hysterectomy for a female patient having really bad hyster um bleeding from these fibroids yeah that's a great question luckily this is not a common scenario because often you know if you have fibroids you've been you know following with a doctor you've been getting regular checkups you've been getting regularly treated so it's not a sudden surprise that suddenly you're bleeding and you're in the emergency room and whoa you have a fibroid and now you need a hysterectomy mm-hmm. Have we seen that happen? You know, yes. And the times when um, that kind of emergent situation is happening is when you're bleeding so much that despite giving you a blood transfusion, mm-hmm. giving you iron, you know, getting you in the hospital, giving you fluids, you're still just, you know, bleeding and bleeding. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to become a life threatening you know, emergency at this point, if that bleeding doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. So those are the times when you're suddenly having to be faced with, with that kind of decision. But like I said, luckily that's, that's rare. And that's one of the things that I really want us to, to highlight and emphasize to those who are listening with uterine fibroids. I know that you might hear the scary stories. Oh, this person has a fibroid and they had to have the uterus removed. They're so young, you know, ABC. It's not something that happens often, right? So this is, yeah, this is just, if you are in a position where it is a life-threatening emergency, that's when the decision is made. And um, life-threatening being the optimal word, despite all the other treatments, despite 
blood transfusion, um, despite fluid resuscitation, which is big fancy term that we're giving you fluid. And when we say a life-threatening emergency, we mean that your blood pressure is just dropping and dropping and dropping, despite all these measures of trying to give you additional fluids or blood transfusion to bring that blood pressure up. No blood pressure, no life. Right. Right. So that's those are some of the cases for emergent um, history. Exactly. That's that's a really good point. And, you know, I can't actually imagine the last time that I I, I I don't remember the last time that I had to do an emergent hysterectomy, you know, like that for fibroids. Mm -hmm. Usually when, you know, patients have fibroids, like I said, we're having an ongoing conversation in the office. Okay, we've mm-hmm. tried plan A, we've tried plan B, mm-hmm. okay, let's try this next. And, you know, we're talking to patients over months, sometimes years where mm-hmm. they've really tried everything. And then we're coming to a mutual decision um, where, okay, you know what, maybe a hysterectomy is going to be the next option if this doesn't get better. So, right. you know, we're preparing the patient has time to think and mm-hmm. get prepared. And, you know, we, we don't want to find ourselves in that surprise situation in the emergency room where Absolutely. we're, you know, Absolutely. now considering a hysterectomy. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Alrighty. So these are really, really great, great questions. Now with having fibroids, we've already talked about one of the ultimate um, complications, which is you know, having to have a hysterectomy. But what are some of the other complications that can arise from someone having uterine fibroids? Yeah, so, um, you know, we talked about bleeding, Mm -hmm. um, pain, cramping, pressure, and then Mm -hmm. fertility is a big one. Um, I see this a lot of uh, a lot in women in their late 20s, 30s who are trying to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, And oh, you know, they have a fibroid that the doctor found out and now we've got to take that out before they try to conceive or women who are um, undergoing IVF, um, you know, in vitro fertilization and prior to finishing those procedures, they need the cavity nice and clean. And mm-hmm. so they have, they, they have fibroids, um, you know, we're, we're removing those. Um, and certainly also once women get pregnant, you know, and some people never knew they had fibroids, and now those fibroids can start to grow in pregnancy, mm-hmm. cause a little pain, cause a little pressure. So there's, there's some of that um, as well. So those are some of the other complications other than just bleeding and pain. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, one of the, what we see in the literature, and, you know, we still do not really know why. And so we're just really trying to find out if you can shed a little light on this, is that fibroids are known to be very common in women who are of African descent. What are some of the reasons that you have trained and seen or have um, learned about that could be um, shed a little bit of light onto why this happens? Yeah, this is a million dollar question. Um, I wish, we could, uh, you know, we, we knew exactly why women get fibroids. You're right in that. Um, African-American women are disproportionately affected with fibroids. Um, it's shown to be um, right now a combination of genetics um, mm-hmm. as well as um, diet. Mm-hmm. Um, in about a decade ago, there was, there was a couple of studies that showed that, um, you know, uh, certain chemicals like in hair relaxers mm-hmm. were also being um, uh, implicated in, in um, fibroid growth. Um, there, the data is still out on that. But um, I think, you know, for women who ask me today, I say the number one thing that, you know, is going to pl- play a role is a genetics mm-hmm. um, 
and B, diet. Um, mm. Oftentimes we can't change our genetics. Um, you know, when, when, when you talk to women with fibroids, a lot of them will say, oh yeah, my mom had hysterectomy for fibroids and my grandmother and my aunt, you know, there's mm -hmm. a long family uh, history of fibroids. And the second is, um, you know, diet, which we can change mm -hmm. and really try to focus more on a plant-based um, diet. There are a lot of studies that are coming out that show um, um, improvement in fibroid symptoms, um, and uh, decrease in incidence of fibroids um, for those who, you know, focus on more of a plant-based diet. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I know. So a plant-based diet can help to decrease the symptoms of those who have uterine fibroids and to try to decrease the incidence for those who might be at high risk in that genetics, mom, grandma, my cousin, my aunt has it, you're in your early 20s. These are some ways to help to reduce those incidents, thinking of, you know, adhering to a plant based diet, or at least incorporating it yes. into your diet. Yeah. Wow, those are great, great, great. So now, um, with all of this, you are the fibroid doctor. I mean, that's you, Dr. Prabhakar the fibroid doctor, what advice do you have for women who are either suffering or have found out that they have uterine fibroids? Yes. So um, the first uh, step is, I mean, everybody does this, they Google and, you know, get, get some information. So if you don't know anything about fibroids, certainly educate yourself on fibroids, use reliable sources. You can come find me. Um, I'll tell you where you can find me later, but yeah, you can come and look for some resources. Um, secondly, you know, find a good gynecologist, mm -hmm. um, preferably somebody who does do a lot of fibroid work, fibroid treatments, surgeries, etc. To help guide your treatment, and the third is really um, focus on how these fibroids impact your life mm -hmm. and what you want to do about it. I think one of the biggest things I see is um, you know a lot of people reading online about um, oh I, I don't want this medication and I and I don't want this treatment and I, I don't want that without really fully understanding well you know if I don't do anything about it well how is it impacting my life right. um, one of the biggest messages I have for patients is you, know, you don't need to live with this and you don't need to um, live with all the um, negative effects that fibroids could bring on you. Mm -hmm. So um, really uh, following up with a gynecologist on a regular basis and helping them help you um, guide, you know, information and, and treatment is, is really key. And it's, it's not the end of the world because sometimes people have fibroids and they don't suffer from them. You know, not everybody has terrible symptoms from fibroids. Um, but it's good to know that you have it and you know, be proactive about it. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I tell you guys, we are bringing the real deal, the gem, the fibroid doctor here. And with that, I am pretty sure that some of you guys who are out there listening, trying to say like, wow, I wonder where can I find her? So Dr. Prabhakar, let us know, where can we find you? on the social media <laughs> yes um so i am on youtube as the fibroid doc you can find me um on my channel there mm -hmm. i do put up um a little video every every monday um so you can subscribe share like that and you can also find me on instagram at the fibroid um doc and um i'm you know you can 
find all sorts of information about it there. You can email me at thefibroiddoc at gmail.com as well. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So this is the fibroid doc that you have here, right? So the fibroid doc, if you need any additional information, if you have any questions, if you're like, okay, where can I find you so that you can help me or my sister, or I have a cousin who is suffering with uterine fibroids and she does not know what to do. You just contact the fibroid doc. She left her info. You can leave some messages. Look at her videos on YouTube. She has great info on Instagram. If you're there scrolling through Instagram and your fibroids start acting up, head on over to her page and ask a question, right? And you can also send her an, an email at the fibroid doc at gmail.com. Very, very, very simple to remember. So I am so amped that you came on today to drop all these gems about fibroid. I know we really, really, really thank you. So we are gonna close this out. I do want to say that if you do want some additional info, also, we do have some info on fibroids on the your caring doc station, right? So we did do a, a video on it, but we did a video, but we have the fibroid doc here. So if you want to contact her also. Do that, do that, right? So you can find additional information and this video will be available on our YouTube channel. That's your Karen Docs, U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S. And if you're listening to this on podcast, yes, we're available on all your podcast station. If you're on Apple, you're on Spotify, Buzzsprout, wherever you're sprouting and also on Google, you can find this. Yes, this podcast info is there. And you're going to find us on our different social media channels. That's our Instagram, our YouTube, our Facebook, our Twitter, and also on LinkedIn. So with that in mind, we thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Prabhakar, the fibroid doc, for coming in and dropping all of these gems. Thank you all for listening, watching, and also for you who are going to be reading, because all of this will be available on our Your Care and Docs website, www.yourcareanddocs, that you are C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S. Hey, I'm Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Care and Docs, and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye.